Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, y'all? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Paging Dr. Shonda podcast. Y'all, it is officially March, which means that if you made it to this episode, you listened to every single episode that I had in the Love and Relationship series. And if you hadn't, I need you to go ahead and rewind this podcast to the previous episodes. But y'all were rocking with me the entire month of February, and I cannot Thank you enough. Like, thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. To everyone who reposted it, to everyone who shared it in their story, to everyone who commented, to everybody who, who listened on YouTube and watched on YouTube, who watched on Facebook, who engaged in our live chats. Y'all, I cannot thank you enough because y'all had February lit for the Paging Dr. Shonda podcast. Like, for real, like who, we had Keyshawn Scott the first week, the second week, my sis Brittany Brodus. The third week, my bro, Anthony O'Neill. And the fourth week, my girl, Jennifer Trotter, y'all. Jennifer Trotter, who literally uh, snatched us bald, uh, basically told us that we were selling ourselves short in the dating life. Um, So listen, the February series had me in such an, I I was in awe. Like I was in amazement. Uh, Yes, I I know these professionals personally. And also the knowledge that they were sharing, like in the, y'all were getting so much free information. Like, I really hope that y'all took advantage of that and wrote the information down, put it in your notebook, because it was gym after gym after gym. And like I said, y'all showed up and showed out every single week, y'all. Like, it was literally bananas. So I'm still in the Valentine's uh, Love and Relationship Series mood. As you can see, I have my shirt on by the Plastics New York City, the lovers only edition. I have my red lip on. like So I'm still in the mood because I'm just still on a high from how well February went for the Paging Dr. Shonda podcast and all of the amazing reviews I'm getting from you guys. So I want you to, if, if that podcast blessed you, if you felt like you learned something, first things first, you can now give to the Cash App. You can give to the Paging Dr. Shonda uh, fund, which helps to... Uh, put in like costs for our uh, production and sound and editing and all that stuff for through Cash App. So dollar sign paging Dr. Shonda pod. And so you can give that way. And also I want you to write a review. I want you to rate and write a review for wherever you're listening from. So if it's in the Apple podcast store, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, wherever. If you can rate it and write your review, that would be amazing. And I would really, really appreciate it, y'all. Like I said, I enjoyed every single moment of the every single moment of the February series. Like it was lit. Um, those of y'all who were in the text community, y'all was blowing my line up talking about how much y'all appreciated it and how much you love the information. If you're not in the community, I need you to text podcast to 21000. 
That's Podcaster21000. And without further ado, go ahead and screenshot this, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening to the audio version. Screenshot it and post it into your story. Tag me at Paging Dr. Shonda so we can spread the word, so we can continue to get this nice, uh, all, all this good information, um, all of the, the gems that have been dropped during the February series and that will be dropped during March, uh, April, May, you know, all those series that we have coming up. So people's lives can be blessed and their edges can be snatched, period. Um, So yes, I need y'all to continue to share, share, share. But I missed y'all. I love having guests. I love being able to interview people. And also, I feel like it's a different vibe to be able to communicate and to talk to y'all directly because like, I really feel like I I just, I I love that one-on-one connection. I I love interviewing and also I love that one-on-one connection that I have with my listeners because y'all like, y'all literally give me life every single week. So y'all know how we start the podcast. We are going to go straight in. We're going to dive into the hot off the press segment. That's right, the Hot Off The Press segment, y'all know this, is where we talk about mental health in the news. Mental health is literally happening all day, every day. It's, ha- it's everywhere around us, especially in pop culture. So we're going to talk about a situation that is near and dear to my heart, simply because I really love this artist um, and everything that she stands for. So we are talking about Meg the Stallion, y'all, the savage herself. Meg the Stallion. Uh, I really enjoy Meg because she is... Uh, the, the hyphenated person, right? I, I identify as a hyphenated person, psychologist slash this slash that. Like I, I love the hyphens, but she's been a student. She graduated. She's a Grammy award winning artist. Like, you know, she, she has all, she's multifaceted and I enjoy that about her. But my girl is in the media this week and some of last week because of some things that she's been experiencing since the whole incident with that situation where um, she unfortunately, uh, ended up being shot in the foot. So uh, the article that I pulled from today is from Yahoo. And the article says, Megan Thee Stallion feels like she is under attack. The Grammy Award winning rapper already feels gaslighted and unsupported by media outlets. And she recently gave us a look at the messages why she receives online. And she feels like she um, is constantly threatened. She's constantly being uh, verbally verbally abused in her DMs where people, uh, I saw a quote where someone said Meg Thee Stallion should shoot and kill herself or should be shot and killed. And so, uh, you know, the reason why I wanted to address this here in the podcast is because I strongly believe that we have to do a better job at allowing black women to talk about their lived experiences without attacking them without, uh, you know, questioning the validity of their story. Right. And so far too often black women talk about black people, especially, but we're, we're talking about Meg here, who is a black woman, but black women, we talk about our lived experiences. We talk about whether it's abuse or, you know, being in a relationship, being, uh, with individuals who really impacted us on a cognitive, emotional, physical level, and yet we're questioned about it. And because the situation unfolded in such a public uh, area, it's like she's being scrutinized not only by other people, right? So regular, regular people in the social media worlds, but also blogs are coming at her. Other artists are coming at her. Other public figures are coming at her. And my question is, who is advocating for Meg? 
Who is standing up for Meg? Who is saying, Meg, I support you. I stand with you. And I think that we've, we're, we're lacking that, uh, especially as it relates to black women, because I don't think that this situation would play out had she been a white woman, right? So if she were white, if she were of um, any other descent other than a black woman, I do think that she would have gotten more support. I do think that people would have uh, taking her her uh, allegations or, or whatever the situation is that she alleged happened, I think people would take it uh, more seriously, right? People would take it more at face value as opposed to imposing their own beliefs. And, you know, it's no way that that happened. How could she turn around and be, listen, I don't know what happened. I wasn't there. But if a black woman is saying that she's experienced X, Y, and Z, who am I to try to negate that? Who am I to say that that didn't happen or the facts ain't, ain't lining up? First of all, that's what the court system is for, to try to figure that out. That's not my role, right? So, so at the end of the day, I feel as though we have to do a better job at giving Black women the space to be able to articulate their experiences without automatically stating, oh, she's lying. That didn't actually happen. Why? Because Black women... We're not allowed to be vulnerable in society. We're not allowed to say that, you know, X, Y, and Z happened to us. I was um, physically abused. Somebody shot at me or whatever. Because they have this idea of black women always having to be strong, right? Which is rooted, directly rooted in racism. Uh, my girl, my homegirl, Dr. Afia, who's a licensed clinical psychologist, we just did a webinar over the weekend about the phenomena of strength in the black community. The phenomena of strength, especially as it relates to black women. And because of this uh, notion, the strong black woman, this is not something that was created by us. This was something that was created by other people and imposed onto us. And we started to just internalize it. So for us to even think or into, to have this persona like, oh, she she couldn't have went through that. She's six feet taller, however tall she is and the other crazy rhetoric that people are saying. We are literally invalidating her lived experience, Her even if it's you know, we'll let the court system work that out. But even if it's her emotional experience, imagine uh, being that person who's communicating uh, a tragic event that may have happened to them. And then somebody says you're lying. Somebody says that couldn't have happened. Imagine emotionally how that would make you feel. That's called gaslighting. That's called gaslighting. And so when we don't take these accounts seriously, then we wonder why. This, see, this is why black women can't. Uh, express their emotions. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada -ba -ba -ba. At participating McDonald's. Emotions. Why can't black women be vulnerable? Why do black women always have to be the superwoman? Why do we always got to wear the mask? That's why. Right. We're, this is lived. This is real life in front of us. Why sometimes we feel as though we cannot be our vulnerable selves. We cannot allow our fragile selves to show simply because when I do, I'm going to have the media or this person or the fans in the DM talking about Meg should shoot and kill herself. That is problematic on so many levels. And I just wanted to address that in our hot off the press segment because Meg you are in our prayers here at the Paging Dr. Shonda podcast. And I want y'all, everybody who's listening to her, to support her, say a prayer for her, whatever she is going through, because I cannot imagine the mental anguish that she could be experiencing right now. After having that lived experience and then having to relive it by having to tell it through the court system and then people constantly coming at you saying they don't believe it. That's trash. 
So we praying for you, sis. We are definitely praying for you. All right, y'all. So we are transitioning into the topic. So today's topic, I'm going straight into it. I got to give you a pre, uh, just an explanation as to why it's going to be a little bit more condensed today. I, I feel like I say that in a lot of episodes and I end up having my uh, full length episode. But anyway, just in case I don't get to that 30 minute mark, I'm letting y'all know now. Um, I didn't really have too much time to record this episode. So transparency, uh, I am, many of you guys know I live in DC. My father is currently in the DMV. So he, um, every year, I think the, the church is, uh, Temple, Temple of Praise Ministries and Beltsview or something, Maryland. So they bring my dad down every single year for his prayer boot camp. And so he's like 20 minutes away from me. So I've been enjoying time. Uh, going to see my dad. He'll be here in the morning as well. So I'm just enjoying family time and I want to be able to continue to do that. But I still wanted to give y'all a good quality episode like I do every single week. Hello. Um, <laughs> so, but that that's the reason why we're going to be a little bit condensed today. All right, y'all. So today's episode, if you read the title on the podcast, we are talking about decluttering your life. It is the first week in March. The very first week in March. Yes, February was amazing. Had some amazing goals met in February. And also, we are entering into a whole new month. I want you to reflect just for a little bit about what this month means to you. What does it mean to enter into this brand new month? What do you want to get out of it? How do you want to see your life change or transition? In what ways do you want it to stay the same? And so I remember... Um, Literally today, like a couple of hours ago, I was, this episode was inspired by Sade. So Sade, if you're listening, this episode was inspired by you. Sade is one of my former uh, intern slash mentees a couple years ago. She was on my uh, mental health ambassador program for Minds of the Culture, which is now a nonprofit. She did such an amazing job. So I ended up, she's now my um, employee. So she works for me now for my nonprofit social media page. If you're not following Minds of the Culture, I need you to do, I need you to do that right now. Um, but I was, we were having a brainstorm session about some of our content upcoming for the month of March. And so we were talking about, okay, it's a, a brand new month. Uh, March is when, you know, spring starts to, you know, there's spring flowers and it's a, a brand new seasons begin to, to, um, become in season. I don't know what you call it, but yeah, new, new seasons, new beginnings, all that good stuff. And so we were talking about like, okay, we want people to analyze how they can start to clean up their lives. And Sade said, yeah, like spring cleaning of your life, like spring cleaning. We want people to clean up their lives and, you know, this whole concept of spring cleaning, but as it relates to your life. And so I was like, yeah, Sade, that's a great idea. And so I'm thinking like, you know, how do people start to spring clean? How do people begin to do uh, start in this area of spring cleaning and begin to uh, clean up their lives? Right. And I was thinking it starts in the mind. So today's podcast episode is about decluttering the mind. Think about how we clean for the springtime. Right. Where it's we're in preparation for a new season. We have to start decluttering. Anytime we want to make any significant changes in our lives, though, where does it start? It starts in the mind. How can I go into a new season of my life, a new realm in my life and wanting improvements or uh, changes in particular areas with the same old mindset? It don't work like that, sis. It don't work like that, bro. 
it has to come to a point where I begin to analyze like, okay, what is in the mind? What is in my mind currently that I need to begin to declutter, that I need to begin to shift and to change in order to see the results in my life that I want to see. So Sade girl, thank you sis for this uh, podcast topic. So we are talking about decluttering the mind, decluttering the mind. Uh, What does it mean to declutter? So according to Wikipedia or somewhere else, I got this definition to, to declutter. It means to remove unnecessary items from an untidy or overcrowded place. Mm. That's deep. That's real deep. I'm going to read that again. Y'all ready? Here we go. To declutter. So specifically, we're talking about the mind, right? So think about this, this definition in, in terms of the mind. Meaning to remove unnecessary items from an untidy or overcrowded place. So I want you to think about, okay, if I want this upcoming season, whether it's March or or however you think about like your seasons in your life, if I want to change my life, if I want to uh, walk in in purpose, I, I want significant change to occur, progress. I want to transition. I, I want to move forward. I have to start to declutter what is currently keeping me back in the mind. Hello. What comes to mind? Th- those things that are that are that's keeping your mind cluttered, keeping you stuck in these same cycles and patterns that you've experienced through your life that have been been keeping you uh, bound to certain things in your life, bound to to old ways of doing, bound to to uh, just feeling like you can't make change, you can't transition, you can't uh, detach from that relationship, you can't you can't move forward from where you currently are because of the things that could be in our minds. So I want you to ask yourself. What am I allowing to occupy space in my mind that serves no purpose? So imagine, I want you to take a second, if you're listening to the audio version or if you're watching the video version, I want you to take a couple seconds and just to sit there, close your eyes. If you're driving, I want you to keep your eyes on the road because I will not be the cause of any sort of accidents. But I want you to just think for a second about Something you have to declutter. When was the last time you did a a really deep cleaning in your household, right? The last time I had to do a really deep cleaning was in my closet. I had to go through my closet. I had to go through clothes. I had to go through shoes. I had to go through shoe boxes. What was the last thing you cleaned? Was it your, your cabinet? I remember having to clean out the cabinet under my kitchen or the cabinet in my bathroom. Trying to figure out, okay, how can I declutter these spaces? First of all, how did I let these areas get cluttered like this in the first place? Because that's another word. That's a whole word right there. How do we allow ourselves to get cluttered in the first place? If I had been mindful of what was going into these areas, it wouldn't have been as cluttered. And I wouldn't have to take the time right now in order to declutter it. So, So the last time I remember decluttering and having to 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 remove things and reorganize things and to 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 throw this away and to throw that away i had to look at that item i had to look in my closet 
And I had to make a conscious decision and think, okay, what are these items? And what is in this closet that is occupying space that no longer serves a purpose? What is in this closet that is occupying space that no longer serves a purpose? It is no longer doing me any good. I have no, long, no more use for it. There is absolutely nothing that I can make use of it. It's just there taking up space and causing me to be unorganized. What is taking up space in this area? So as I went through uh, while I was cleaning my closet, I'm literally holding up articles of clothing. I'm holding up shoe boxes. Is this, does this have any value? Is this worth anything? Am I still using this? Or is this just causing more clutter? And if it's not contributing to the closet, if I, if I don't wear it anymore, if I... Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. If it doesn't hold any shoes that I have anymore, I have to let that thing go. I have to let that thing go. The problem is many of us have a hard time deciphering okay, what can, what am I still using and what no longer serves me? We're talking about the mind here, right? We're talking about the mind. How can I declutter my mind? So some of you might be asking, okay, Dr. Shonda, I, I hear you and I understand the example, but what could be cluttering my mind right now? I'm so happy that you asked that. Number one, one of the things that I find often impacts the way we think is self-doubt. Is self-doubt cluttering my mind right now? How is self-doubt impacting the way I'm viewing myself, other people, and the world? Are you, are you sure I, de- I deserve that promotion? Are you sure? No, I can't take that promotion because if you give it to me, I might fail. Are you sure you you want to be in a relationship with me? Well, I don't even remember the last time I was in a relationship. That might fail. Self-doubt is keeping you in this season of operating and flowing in things that is no longer useful for you. It's holding you back from experiencing progress. How many of you have tired of self-doubt cluttering your mind? When was the last time you you identified that self-doubt and you no longer allowed that thing to occupy your mind? Because here's the problem. What happens with clutter is, going back to the example of the closet, we see that it's getting cluttered, like it's it's getting there. It's it's you know, it's starting to pile up. But then we get so used to it that we don't do anything about it until the problem gets bigger and bigger and bigger and then we find ourselves Months later, during spring cleaning, trying to get everything out and taking it, you know, that that's the issue with clutter. In the moment, we don't recognize that we're just succumbing to those types of thoughts. We're just allowing those types of thoughts to happen. We're not calling it out. We're not saying that's not true. I, I know I can 
do that job or that's an invalid thought. I don't, I don't need to take on that. Uh, you know, I, I can cast down that imagination. I don't necessarily have to internalize that. The problem with clutter in the mind is that just like that clutter in your closet that you get used to, we tend to get used to that clutter in the mind and we allow self-doubt to occupy there. That's a problem. That's a problem. And then many of you listening to this podcast or watching this podcast are wondering, why haven't I been able to move past this certain level in my life? I haven't been able to, to, to make that financial goal. I haven't been able to be in a successful relationship. I haven't been able to mend uh, these, these things in my life, these relationships in my life. I haven't been able to do X, Y, and Z. Why? Because of self-doubt. You haven't decluttered self-doubt from the mind yet. Number two, y'all ready for the next one? I only have two listed here, so nice and short. Negative interpretations can also clutter the mind. The way we interpret situations, right? And so not to use too much psychological jargon, but a part of the work that I do, a large part of my training has been in cognitive behavioral therapy. So my goal for the clients that I work with is to help them identify faulty interpretations, uh, maladaptive, what we call maladaptive belief systems or negative cognitions, negative ways of thinking, because the way we think impacts my mood. My mood can impact my behaviors and my feelings. So if everything I'm experiencing, even if it's ambiguous, even if it has absolutely no meaning to it, if I see it through that lens of a, a negative interpretation, that can clutter my mind and have me thinking and ruminating on things that have absolutely no meaning. I'll give you a great example. When was the last time you called, you know, your, your friend, your homegirl, your homeboy, what have you, looking to have a good conversation? Yeah, I'm excited about this phone call. And then while you're, the, the phone is ringing, but they're not answering. But then maybe they post on Instagram or what have you, right? That's an ambiguous situation. But a negative interpretation might be, wow, that person saw my phone call and they straight up ignored me. They must be mad at me. I must have did something. You're jumping to a conclusion. That's a negative interpretation of an ambiguous situation. Because I interpreted that situation negatively, then I start to internalize those emotions. I start to come down on myself. I start to feel guilty. Like, wow, what did I do to that person? I start to become self-conscious, like, oh my goodness, like, what could I have said? What could I have done? All these things erupt from a negative interpretation of a situation that has absolutely nothing to do with you because who's to say that that person didn't have their phone on do not disturb and just didn't see your phone call because that, that always happens to me. Who's to say that that person wasn't on the phone with their mom or their parent or what have you or handling an emergency, but you decided to interpret it negatively and allow that thing to clutter your mind and impact how you think and impact how you feel about that person. How can we begin to, again, experience growth as people, experience progress, if I'm allowing negative interpretations in this clutter, this overall clutter in my mind to keep me at this level? I, I can't experience that. If I allow this clutter in my mind, to, to, to continue to keep me at this level, 
I'm not going to be able to experience everything that God has for me. Somebody say declutter the mind. Put that in the comment section. If you're writing a review, put that in the review. Declutter the mind. Now, my my goal for you, my my uh, plea for you throughout the rest of this week is to identify those barriers that are keeping your mind cluttered. What's keeping your mind cluttered? Have you gotten to a point to where you're you're just used to the clutter in the mind? So y'all know how we get used to like clutter and we start reaching over it. Like I'm thinking about when I was, you know, the bathroom, the uh, the kitchen counter when I was organizing that. When it's cluttered, you start to get used to it. You start, um, all right, let me just reach over here, move that spray bottle, move this and get to that shopping bag because I'm just used to it. I'll just grab what I need. We can't get used to it. Just because we're habituating to it, just because we're normalizing it, doesn't mean that it's healthy or adaptive. Just because I'm used to it does not mean that it is healthy or adaptive. That's why we must get to a place to where we can remove these barriers that's keeping us from a healthy mindset. I want you, like I said, throughout the week, I want you to think about this. What is keeping my mind cluttered? How can I declutter my mind? Whether it's self-doubt, whether it's um, negative interpretations, and whether it's rejection. Rejection can clutter the mind too, y'all. Don't get it twisted. Rejection can clutter your mind. The rejection piece is it's multifaceted, so that's going to be a whole nother episode. That's going to be a whole episode dealing with rejection because that can clutter the mind. So I hope y'all got something from this. I really do. Um, Like I said, I always feel in my spirit when it really touches somebody. So I do believe I, I feel like I have that confirmation that this is really something that hit home for you. If it did, I want you to write me. Send me an email at uh, what's my email <laughs> podcast at drshonda.org. Um, let me know what, what y'all think and how this impacted you. So we're going to transition, like I said, nice quick episode into the Ask Dr. Shonda segment. The Ask Dr. Shonda segment. This is where you send in your questions. You can text me right now in this very moment. All you got to do is text podcast to 21000, podcast to 21000. Yes, three zeros. And all you can, all you have to do is text that number and you can, anytime you text me, it'll go directly to me. I always say, not a, a assistant it's not nobody else is using those numbers it's all me I am the one responding to you so you can send me whatever message you like send me a question so uh I asked my stories I asked in my stories to you guys shoot me mental health questions that you want me to answer on the podcast I got a really really good question right so the question was how do you know when you are knocking on the door of burnout how do you know when you are approaching Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ah, burnout. When you're starting to feel burnt out, y'all. So we know that when we're feeling burnt out, it's a series of things that we need to look out for, right? So feeling exhausted, feeling like I don't have motivation, 
feeling like uh, it's hard for me to generate ideas, feeling like uh, just really apathetic about what I'm doing. Um, all these things are directly related to burnout, but I would say the number one thing that's associated with burnout is poor boundary setting between work or whatever it is that you're doing in personal time. That is a telltale sign that you are either there, you're, you're burnt out, or you're going down that path. One thing that I always work on with my clients who come to me and say, Dr. Reynolds, I think I'm burning out or I think I'm burnt out or what have you. Okay, what does your work-life balance look like? Because that's that telltale sign. That'll let you know if you are on that path to burnout. If I am on my laptop all day, every day, or I'm not giving myself breaks, or I'm not giving myself time, like a few days during the week where I'm not working, I know that I am either burnt out or I'm on the way to burnout. So it is important, it is imperative for us to analyze how we are doing with boundary setting. I know oftentimes when we talk about boundary setting, we often think about relationships, but boundary setting can be in various domains. I'm specifically talking about boundary setting with regard to your work, with what you are producing, right? So if I am constantly in production mode, but I'm not giving myself any time to rest, that can lead you down to burnout, my friend. So I'm going to encourage y'all, whoever is listening to this podcast, to analyze your work-life balance. What is that looking like for you? Because if it's not, if you don't have any balance right now, that is not healthy, okay? This episode was brought to you by the Black Women's Therapy Group. You can sign up for the Black Women's Therapy Group right now. All you got to do is text me or call me at 202-341-0909. Again, 202-341-0909. We still have openings in the 12 o'clock group. So let me or Dr. Afia and Bilashaka know so that we can continue to enroll our uh, group participants. I'm very excited about it. I always get great joy out of doing therapy, especially with my people in the black community. All right, y'all, make sure that you are liking and subscribing the YouTube channel. Make sure that you are following the uh, Paging Dr. Shonda podcast on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple, and everywhere else you listen to podcasts. Uh, You can go into my store, mindsoftheculture.org, in order to get your black mental health apparel. This pendant that I always wear um, is on the website. Again, shout out to my t-shirt from Plastics New York City. And don't forget, you have the power to create the emotions that you want to experience. All right, y'all. God bless, and I'll see you next Wednesday. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's.